your Locked On The Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, if you enjoy this episode and want to stay tuned for the latest and greatest in Winnipeg Jets news and analysis, or catch up on previous episodes you might have missed, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, and the Megaphone app. Subbing is always free and ensures you never miss another episode. Tonight's show, given that there are no Jets games on right now, is taking a little bit of a different approach. I thought I would explore a couple of different topics currently circulating in in Winnipeg land. And the first thing that I thought I'd tackle is how Winnipeg is going to handle the expansion draft and who I think the Jets should really prioritize protecting and who should probably be exposed. So let's start off with the forwards. Obviously, a couple of guys are going to be very easy selections to protect, but, you know, Mark Shifley, Blake Wheeler is going to have to be protected. Nikolai Ehlers, uh, Andrew Kopp, Pierre-Luc Dubois, Kyle Connor. I think a lot of the more typical names are certainly going to be on Winnipeg's must-protect list, and, and certainly the Jets aren't going to expose anyone that, you know, Winnipeg is likely to rely on as part of their, their most central core. It's once you start rolling into the depth forwards where I think the question becomes a little bit murkier. You know, you've got Adam Lowry, who is an upcoming free agent. You've got Andrew Kopp, who will also need some kind of a contract extension in the near future. And then you've got Mason Appleton. And so there are a couple of decisions to make here. I think for my personal preference, Andrew Kopp and Mason Appleton have to be the guys that you find a way to protect. You know, Adam Lowry is a very good center and somebody that I think makes for, uh, certainly on a contender, like an elite third or fourth line center. I think the trouble is, is that he's going to be due something like, you know, three and a half to four million, probably a little bit closer to four and above because of the sort of point scoring that he's having this season. And given the fact that he is probably closer to 30 than I'd like and has now, you know, basically averaged something closer to half a point or so to a point per game to go with his utility value and and certainly the physical aspects of his game. I, I think Adam Lowry is somebody that on the free agent market is going to get a huge contract. And to be honest, I'm not really convinced the Jets need to be the one to be signing it because Winnipeg at this stage has a lot of young prospects who are starting to filter into the NHL or at least are are very much on the cusp of it. And the Jets likely have a a middle six to a top six center sitting there in David Gustafson who is currently tearing it up with the Manitoba Moose. Gus has certainly looked like a more well-rounded offensive threat, particularly when he's given, you know, top six minutes, something like a first or a second line deployment is, is very much shown to be incredibly effective for the sort of skill sets that Gus possesses, his tool sets, and the fact that he's also a very, you know, relentlessly hard worker. So I think that the Jets have a couple of key decisions here. You don't want to keep Gus in a a depth role, but you also do want to give him minutes at the NHL level, and I think it's time for Winnipeg to decide what they want to do with Lowry. My, My feeling is that Adam is probably past the point where I really want to give him a big contract. The Jets have had him through his prime, but it's definitely clear that he's not quite as fast as he used to be, and I I do think that the style that he plays can be physically taxing. I think what is more likely to happen is that Lowry ends up getting a contract with the Jets just because I think his dad is on the staff, Winnipeg definitely likes loyalty deals, and maybe the Jets end up finding some way to meet him towards the middle in a contract that is not quite as painful as it seems like it could be. 
I'm not 100% sure I buy that particular uh, version of events just because I think either way Winnipeg is going to be paying quite a bit for his services, but let's just assume they can meet in the middle and things are okay. You then run into an issue of having to choose between Andrew Kopp and Mason Appleton. Now, if you have to make a decision, and it's not going to be a pretty one, but if you if you have to choose between Appleton or Kopp, obviously I think Kopp is probably the odd man out. As much as I like Andrew Kopp, I do think that there are a couple of things Winnipeg isn't going to be as thrilled about. For one thing, it's not like he is super loyal in the sense that he wouldn't seek opportunities elsewhere. He's mentioned before that he does want, you know, more ice time, and there was a bit of a contract dispute in a, a previous season, so maybe Andrew will actually look for a way out, and Seattle might be the place to start. Appleton, I think, just does all of the things that Cop does very well, but also adds a little bit more of an offensive flair. Maybe not the world's most, you know, technically refined approach, but he's certainly very efficient, very effective, and we've seen him be a menace off the rush. Appleton's also a couple years younger, so certainly as far as the age group is concerned, you're getting him as part of your future core and somebody who I think the Jets could rely on for a good many years. Ideally from the forwards, I think Lowry is the one who gets exposed. Um, I think Adam is the one that from my perspective, is probably the guy who is considered most expendable for this Jets unit. As important as Lowry is in so many different parts of this game, in my mind, he's actually a little bit easier to replace than somebody like Andrew Kopp or Mason Appleton. Kopp and Appleton both have a couple of offensive skill sets and more of a transition presence that Lowry just lacks. And I think it's because, you know, Andrew and Mason can both play top six minutes and not actually look all that out of place. We've seen Cop anchor the first and second lines at times when he's been called upon, especially, you know, with certain injuries to wingers and things. You know, I think the Jets have often put him into situations where he's actually allowed to shine in a role that suits his skill set perfectly. Lowry can't really do the transition and, and offensive creation stuff that Cop and Appleton can, and I think that that's why, as far as he's concerned, I think he's mostly expendable. And don't get me wrong, I love Lowry. I think that he's a, a very phenomenal two-way center and somebody who brings a really resolute defensive presence, but again, at his age, the kind of contract that he's going to be looking at for an extension, and the likelihood that his physical style is going to start taking a toll on him, he's probably the riskiest proposition of all the Jets' free agents and guys that are likely to be exposed on the on the front end. Where it gets a little bit murkier is certainly on the back end. I think the Jets have a couple of key decisions to make with the defense, and certainly that's been something that, you know, Jets' Twitter has been in a bit of a tizzy over for the past couple of days, and I think one of the big key elements is whether or not you expose Josh Morrissey and what it means for the team. I'll give a couple of cases for and against Josh Morrissey as well as some of the other Jets defenders in just a moment, but before then, I thought you should know about why rockauto.com is the only place you'll ever need to buy from for all your auto part needs. When it comes to buying car parts, it can be a very difficult process deciding which place has the best deals, or you might not even know what you're looking for. If you want to stop wasting time and money, go to rockauto.com right now and start ordering. RockAuto.com is a family-run business with over 20 years of experience in the automotive industry. Their easy-to-use intuitive website allows you to sort by make, year, and model of your vehicle, and then set a price range filter, so you always get the exact parts you need at the prices you want. Whether you're looking for a new engine control module or a floor mat replacement, RockAuto.com's diverse catalog is sure to have what you need in stock at the best prices available. There's no membership fee, and all customers pay the same prices no matter your level of experience. Best of all, you could save anywhere from 20, 30, even 50% off retail brick and mortar in-store pricing. So why shop anywhere else? When you place your order at rockauto.com, be sure to write locked on the neat how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today and make it your go-to auto parts store. 
Welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. We are covering a few different topics as the Jets are off tonight, so there's no game recap. I thought it would be prudent to talk about the upcoming Seattle expansion and some of the stuff surrounding the Jets forwards and defenders, specifically trying to figure out who you're supposed to protect and who probably needs to be exposed. Before we go into the defenders, because we've already talked about the forwards, I thought you should know about why Locked on Today needs to be in your daily podcast rotation. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Burkowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your favorite shows. And now on to what will surely be the most contested segment of this podcast, talking about exposing certain Winnipeg Jets defenders and protecting others. This is when it gets to be a very sensitive topic because let's be honest, Winnipeg's defense right now, it's not looking too hot. Sure, the Jets have some guys in the pipeline like Dylan Sandberg and Billy Heinle, both of whom are likely to have major NHL impacts in just a season or two, but for the time being, the Jets' defense is a bit of a shambles. I think we can all only say so much about Derek Forbort before we recognize that he's probably a third-pairing guy at best, and the rest of the defense is at best working with like a couple of maybe second-pairing guys, and the rest are probably fringe third-pairing players. The only real standout exception has probably been Dylan DeMello, who is continuing to prove that he is invaluable to this team and certainly somebody that the Jets very much got on a great value contract and has only served to be a really stabilizing force for a defensive unit that just doesn't really gel. But unfortunately for DeMello, he's still not getting that much ice time, so him aside, the Jets have some decisions to make. For me, at least protecting DeMello as one of your your key starters is almost a no-brainer. And like, I know that a lot of Jets fans don't really think he's all that valuable, but what DeMello does for this team and what he's been able to do on any sort of pairing that he's been placed with, you know, I think you have to really respect that, and I think that he provides a lot of really great value. He's also starting to offensively activate more, and what I think, you know, goes unnoticed with him is how much he can control the tempo of the game when he's on the puck. You know, DeMello is maybe a little bit awkward and not really the kind of puck-moving defender you often associate with, like, a Quinn Hughes or a Ville Heinola, some of these other really high-end elite offensive talents. That doesn't mean that he's not good at his job, though, and he's actually very effective at creating offensive opportunities by, you know, nice offensive zone keeps. He can actually take shots himself, even though they're, they're not exactly the world's most dangerous opportunities. But because of his vision and IQ, he often identifies really good routes to the net. I think we saw that on the Nate Thompson goal from last night, when he saw Thompson kind of streaking in from the left side and actually hit it off his skate. Whether he intended to score the goal that particular way, I don't, you know, really really can't say on the uh, the intentionality of that specific play itself, but the concept of getting it down there and hitting a, a really nice slant route, that was 100% intentional. And that's a play that DeMello saw develop in real time and actually, you know, probably predicted it at least a little bit to get that pass down just in time. But these are the kinds of plays that a lot of, uh, you know, Winnipeg's other defenders don't really make because they, they mostly look for point shots rather than, you know, better opportunities for a pass or some sort of a deflection opportunity from a different kind of angle. Now, where it gets a little bit trickier is where you you kind of start to make decisions on the rest of the roster. And I think one of the biggest ones is that the Jets probably need to expose Josh Morrissey. Now look, before you you go crazy, here's the thing with Morrissey. I I think a lot of people outside of Winnipeg, especially in data analytics departments and and, uh, scouting staff, probably recognize Morrissey's not who he used to be. Despite getting tons of minutes, I think that there's pretty much every test Morrissey seems to fail by. You know, whether you're just looking at him, you know, watching him game by game, I don't think that visual analysis is going to tell you he's a good defender. He looks like a guy who's probably way in over his head. And Seattle staff is actually very smart. They've hired a lot of folks who are very much into data science and understanding statistical trends with players and matching them up to scouting reports. These folks are not going to be looking for guys like Josh Morrissey. I think, if anything, the question is, if you're exposing somebody who just signed an eight-year deal at what looks to be like a sweetheart contract, there must be some something wrong with him. 
there has to be something that's not quite right. And obviously, I think Morrissey is actually very easy to identify that he's just not really a top-pairing defender, and he might not honestly be a second-pairing guy either, at least not without significant support. So I think Morrissey is actually, in many ways, kind of safe to expose, because if you lose him, you move a big contract off the books that might look like more of an anchor right now. And to be honest, I think the Jets just love Josh way too much in terms of his on-ice deployments, and I think this is probably why they're going to protect him anyways, because, you know, Paul Maurice loves him, and Charlie Huddy certainly does too, but I, I look at his, his performance on the ice, and I'm very concerned about it long term. I can't say that on a personal level I really want him to be claimed, but I think from a very business and organizational standpoint, Josh Morrissey starting with the Seattle Kraken is actually not the worst outcome. A lot of people will say, well, you know, how, how are you supposed to replace him? And it's like, well, we've kind of got some guys who can probably do the same job that Morrissey does or better right now. I, I have a lot of high hopes for Vili Heinola. I expect him to be, in many ways, a top-pairing defender. Maybe that's asking too much of him, but I just feel like he's that level of good, and I, I think he'll actually live up to those expectations. Dylan Sandberg looks like a really good second-pairing guy. I'm just not really feeling Morrissey right now, and I'm very concerned that if he stays here, he's going to continue to struggle, and he's not really going to improve without some significant help from a partner. The third guy that I think the Jets also need to prioritize is Neil Pionk. I think Pionk has become what Morrissey was expected to be, but Pionk actually succeeds at what he does. Don't get me wrong, Neil's not like an elite defender by any stretch of the imagination. He's like a really good offensive defender for a second pairing role. He's not somebody that you're looking for as like an elite first pairing guy. But his value on the power play, his even strength offense, and the fact that he actually has improved, improved his defensive reads relatively speaking, I think gives him a lot of value as like a number four. If somehow Josh Morrissey moved on and the Jets were able to get Pionk on a similar deal, you really couldn't get a much better outcome because, you know, unfortunately for Morrissey, Pionk has kind of supplanted him in terms of his on-ice performance. And honestly, when it comes to on-ice leadership, I really feel like Pionk exemplifies everything that I want from, like, a really good hockey player. He's got, he's got like, a really relentless work ethic. You never really feel like there's a question of effort with him. And, you know, he is very hardworking, and he actually does get pretty decent results. Not exactly elite results, but pretty good stuff. And the kind of results that, in my opinion, you could feel comfortable giving a contract extension to. Now, Pionk may end up not being this good down the road, but for some reason, I just feel like this guy has improved enough and he's showing enough, it might be safe to give him a couple years. Now, of course, I'm sure a lot of people are like, well, where's Logan Stanley? And in this scenario, I don't think Stanley should be protected. You know, I like Logan, and I think in a third-pairing role, he's like an ideal left-handed guy for that third pairing, especially his big physical presence, his tendency to shoot, but I think there's a couple of other things with him that are always going to hold him back from being like, a guy who's going to move up in the rankings. His best case scenario is that he is a functional third pairing guy who can be a puck mover and an offensively active one, which he's shown a couple of times when he's allowed to drop below the faceoff circles, but as far as like his defensive work is concerned, he's pretty good when he's not facing skill and speed. The moment you start matching him against really offensively aggressive and very fast teams and, and squads that have really good offensively gifted players with a lot of finesse, I think you're going to start to see Logan struggle against those deployments. I don't think he's a seven minutes a night guy. I think he's more like a 12 to 13, but by the same token, you don't want to be giving him like 18 plus minutes. I think Logan is still comfortably like a really good third pairing guy, and that's probably it. And some folks have said, well, that's higher than the ceiling. And it's like, no, that was actually the best case scenario for his ceiling. I think we're seeing him, you know, put in a lot of hard work. He's improved a lot. I think he's been actually quite good in his role. But in terms of players and, and the value that you lose if he gets claimed, it's it's nothing like losing an Appleton or a Cop. Both of those guys are like hugely important to this team. And certainly the same goes for Pionk and more recently Dylan DeMello. So if if Stanley is the only guy that you lose or if somehow for some reason Josh Morrissey were to, were to get claimed, I think Winnipeg is actually doing pretty well. 
I'd be curious to know your thoughts on this and what you would do, so be sure to let me know at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets on Twitter. In just a moment, I thought I would talk about what is really next for the Jets and what is the next step for them to really move up to this this level of competitiveness that they frankly need to hit in order for me to be convinced that they are in fact worthy of, of investing some assets at the trade deadline or if they really should just sit tight and hold still. Before then though, here's why you should be using BetOnline.ag for all your online betting needs. When it comes to the wild world of online betting, it's hard to know which sites are trustworthy, who you can rely on, and who's not going to screw you over. That's why you should look no further than BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, NHL, international soccer, and so many other sports are all in full swing. Even if you're not into sports, BetOnline has your back because they even cover awards, TV shows, and reality TV, featuring real-time, updated odds, and props on almost anything you can imagine. Whether you want to place a bet on the next Stanley Cup champion, or who you think is getting voted off your favorite reality TV show, BetOnline also has your back for all the news, scores, and odds you need to make the most informed bets possible. It's the best place to do all your betting, and it's free to sign up. To get started, log on to betonline.ag or use your mobile device to register for a free account, and when you do, be sure to use promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. Again, that's promo code LOCKEDON at registration for a 50% welcome bonus. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. For those of you who are longtime listeners of this podcast, by now you've probably heard me talk about the greatness that is Built Bar. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar on the market. Built Bars are amazingly low calorie, low sugar, high in fiber, and high in protein. But best of all, they taste fantastic, and they're always coated in 100% chocolate. For as many fabulous flavors of Built Bar as there are though, and let me tell you, there are countless great flavors for you to enjoy, there can only be one truly greatest flavor of them all. And now it's your turn to decide which flavor reigns supreme. Welcome to Built Bar Madness, the tastiest bracket challenge in all of March. Today's matchup, which you can find and vote for at BuiltBar.com slash pages slash brackets, is Cookie Dough Chunk versus Cookies and Cream. This is probably the hardest choice I've seen yet. I would have to say Cookies and Cream, but I think Cookie Dough Chunk is also a very good choice. You really can't go wrong with either. So if you choose either, I, I really can't say anything. Just uh, be sure to cast your vote at BuiltBar.com slash pages slash brackets to make sure you get your voice heard. And check back every weekday to see which flavor has reigned supreme. While you're there, grab a few Built Bars for the road. And when you do, be sure to use promo code LOCKED15 to receive 15% off your next order. Welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. We have been talking a lot about the Seattle expansion draft, but now it's time to think a little bit more uh, close at hand in terms of how the Jets should approach this upcoming trade deadline and whether or not this team is really good enough to be a buyer or whether they should just sit tight. I think personally, the Jets are probably just best left as is. I, I think Winnipeg has done enough to prove that they can at least be competitive in the North Division. I don't think that they need to really do a whole lot to be that much better. Their real struggle, though, is going to come once they exit the North Division, if they were to advance a round or two, and they suddenly find themselves facing teams from, you know, some of the other divisions like Colorado, Vegas, or any of these other very good squads. That would be for a while, but certainly in the season where you could probably take advantage of the structure and chaos to maybe advance more than you would expect, the Jets have a genuine opportunity to pursue a cup. That said, I also look at this squad and I feel like the Jets are just going to have to make do with what they've got. You know, if you try to acquire like an Ekholm or something, it just creates more headaches down the road. As good as Ekholm is, I feel like if the prices may be a little bit steeper than what the Jets can afford, the Jets probably shouldn't force the matter because Ekholm might not even be the kind of player that Winnipeg really needs right now. They're in this weird spot of being a team that's good enough to actually compete for a cup if they were to make an acquisition of somebody like Ekholm, but they're also not close because the coaching staff may not make the most of that acquisition. It's almost like a weird limbo state, and I'm not really sure how you work around it without trying to get a better sense of internally how, you know, guys like Billy Heinola and Dylan Sandberg are viewed. 
If the Jets have zero intention of them making the NHL lineup, you know, in the next season or beyond, then Winnipeg does need to acquire somebody like Ekholm so that they have an at least NHL caliber defense. I'd find this very wasteful if they didn't intend to use Heinola or Sandberg more regularly, but I get some teams wanting to do the slow development track. I don't think either of them needs it necessarily. Sandberg is probably the one who's the more raw of the two, but I think from what I've seen of him at the pro level in the AHL, he might be ready for some NHL minutes. Ekholm is definitely somebody who would probably be Winnipeg's best defender by a, a fair country mile if he were to arrive, but you know, I, I'm just a little bit torn because I want the Jets to make the right acquisitions at the right time and really commit to a direction rather than doing stuff that's more of like a temporary holdover. If Winnipeg is not really committed to this whole plan, then I'm not super interested in them going out and buying someone. You gotta make a choice. Either you want to win now with this group, which I think the Jets probably could do because Connor Hellebuck is amazing, or Winnipeg starts to prepare for a retool. And I'm not super big on the retool idea either because I think that this team is very talented. It's good enough to make noise and cause damage if they're actually allowed to do the stuff that they're capable of doing. My hope is that this new look lineup is actually enough to get the Jets over the line. I think that they're already showing an improvement, especially in finishing and creation, but we're going to need a lot more of a sample size to get a better sense of how this team is going to play over the next few weeks, and certainly leading up to the trade deadline, the Jets may not have a whole lot of time to actually make a decision. If the Jets could acquire like a Savard or something at a really reasonable price, like a second round pick, I think I'd be much more in line with that. You know, you go low risk, you may not make a, a game-changing acquisition, but you ride mostly with what you've got, you don't create roster blockages for the next year, and you still improve the team without sacrificing some crazy assets. So that's my take on it. I don't think the Jets need to be super aggressive, but make a smart acquisition. Maybe bring Kulikov back too. Find a budget buy that definitely improves the team and go from there. Let me know what you would do with the GM cap, especially with this upcoming trade deadline looming for, you know, the next week or so. And tell me your roster moves at HL Living Local or at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets on Twitter, and maybe I'll talk about it on our next episode. That is going to wrap tonight's episode, though. Before you log off, don't forget to check out Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Be a waiver wire winner with daily fantasy hockey advice from Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Expert Scott Cullen gives you the tips, insights, and analysis for season-long Dynasty and DFS leagues. Follow the Locked on Fantasy Hockey podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your favorite shows. And as always, thanks so much for listening. Have a great night and go Jets go.